0: Hello my friends, how are you? Where are you? Are you in your world? Or are you in mine? Or are you somewhere else entirely? Things are quiet here, very, very quiet, so they should be. When we last spoke, I thought it was dreadful that no ghosts came to visit me. But then, it is good that they should rest, too. Just because they are quiet does not mean they are not well. And I do think they're everywhere. It's just that perhaps it is my ego that thinks they must want to be around me all the time. To celebrate in my forest. It is better that they should just be wherever they are happiest. But the All Tide festival is past. Now autumn becomes a much more serious business. The weather grows colder. The colors drain more and more from the world. And I simply need to have faith that the silence is a good, not an evil. I've longed for it before. I must therefore appreciate it now. As a cold wind circled around my head, making hair and leaves and vines alike rustle and roil all about me, I closed my eyes. I breathed deeply. And I realized I wanted to know a little more about you. Whoever it is who comes, week after week, to listen to me, Who are you? Who are you? Who is listening to me so kindly? I shuffled my tarot deck as I asked it and wondered it. I drew a card I drew only two episodes ago. When I asked, how can I best celebrate? Same card. The Knight of Cups reversed. He who is lost in his own world of fantasy... He who grows angry at the other world, the one that does not reflect his fantasy. He who allows his emotions to dominate his life, his circumstances, his choices. He who has questions, valid questions in my opinion, about reality, different realities. Which reality is more valuable than the other? Anyway, not unrelated, in fact, very related, is the story I have for you tonight. If you are, as the cards tell me, a very willing participant in the false realities that we as the funny little creatures we are create, then I think this is for you. I think I tell a lot of stories with that theme the theme of someone escaping beyond the world they know to an entirely different one. It is a terrible kind of wish-fulfillment experiment on my part. Probably not entirely healthy. I don't wish to give you hope that you can tear open a hole in this world and pass on through to a much more magical one. You can't. Nor can I. But that is why it is all the more important to find, explore, and accept the magic in this world. In this reality. It is there. I have felt it. Even created some of it, I think. I'm sure you have too. My poor, reversed Knights of Cups. Hang in there. Oh yes, The story. Have you been on a subway train? Blasting through underground and above ground, stopping here and there so that the little people within the train can hop on or off and get to where they're going? I've written about these things before. My own experiences with such trains. Usually I describe it as a daily drudgery, a chore, something usual and not the highlight of the story. Let's linger on one of these tonight. There was a lady on one of these trains one night. It was late in the evening. She had gone to work all day. "'spending her energy left and right and up and down and every which way. "'And after, a friend had written her practically begging to go out for a drink. "'No, I don't want to,' she thought. "'I'm far too tired. I have to work tomorrow. "'I am so tired I don't want to be away from my home for so long.' "'And most of the time she politely declined such offers.' Tonight, though, something was different. It's always that one particular, Tonight, though, something was different, isn't it, with these stories? She had been reading a book, lost in one series or other, and in it, her protagonists, flawed and human and decadently charismatic so much so that she was sad to put it in her purse before riding the subway to work every morning and to put it on her nightstand and turn off the light before going to sleep every night. These characters consumed her imagination every free moment she had with it, which was far less often than she would have liked, admittedly. However, tonight, she thought of those characters. What would they do? They would go to the bar with each other and laugh over a brew. So she dared herself to do it. She enjoyed herself, but she did leave the evening much more exhausted than she'd entered it. As she found her way through the turnstile after tapping her card to the censer, and as she walked down the stairs and to the platform, she lamented to herself that she would only get a little sleep that night. That work would be miserable tomorrow. But worst of all, worst of all, she'd robbed herself of the opportunity to read her favorite book before bed tonight. There's always the subway ride home. She stepped onto the subway train, relieved, though perhaps a little frightened, to see that she was the only passenger on it. She opened the book, and began to read. Joy, rapture, pleasure so immense that she could weep as she read the most marvelous words on those musty pages that smelled of a library she visited as a child. Oh, the flowery words that described things as juvenile as the colors of these characters' hair, their eyes, the loving detail with which the author described their weapons. She could see it all so vividly, everything that her little evening with her friends who ribbed her about how seldom she did such a thing as this at a chain restaurant with a dip that had been thawed and reheated after who knows how long in the freezer. Her eyes were closing of their own volition, As her mind couldn't help but drown itself in the negative thoughts that swarmed her, for some reason, about the perfectly pleasant evening she'd had. And everything went dark as she fell asleep, much against her own will. Until she heard a song, coming from somewhere, approaching closer and closer. It was a woman walking through the subway train. Her feet were bare and her layers of blue skirts billowed strangely in the still air of the train. The other woman would have been worried for her, but she seemed so strong, so vital, so joyful, that it seemed unnecessary. She was not even paying attention to the girl with the book. She was moving to her own music, glancing out the windows towards the black stone walls that encased the little train within it. Her hair was as long as she was tall, though it was piled on top of her head in one messy cluster, a huge, matted orb, and one couldn't tell if it was black, or brown, or red, or blonde, or gray somehow. Our protagonist could not help but watch the other woman as she moved through the train, leaping onto the seats, waving her arms about, swinging from one bar to another as though she were a dancer at a renaissance fair of some kind. Her song was lovely, her dance was pretty, her smile was bright. Why, then, did our late-night traveler feel so terrified at the sight of her? There was something here, behind her dancing feet, her gentle smile, that was absolutely and disgustingly ferocious. So, our late night traveler pretended not to notice her, and tried, and failed, to keep reading. When her song had stopped, the dancer's back was turned to the other passenger. She slowly turned around, a smile across her lips and a mischief in her dark eyes. What are you reading? she asked. Oh, this, the other passenger said, closing the book and turning it this way and that. Just a fantasy novel. It's kind of silly, but I like it. Silly? The other woman replied, and ran over with an uncomfortable amount of energy, and drew so close that the girl reclined backward in her seat. I doubt that. Oh, yes, I do. She drew a finger across the pages, pleased by the sound of the ruffling of them. I'll bet there are all kinds of beautiful places in here. The girl laughed a little awkwardly, both fascinated by the stranger but also wary. Wary of the liberties she took, of her disinterest in boundaries. But it was just the two of them on this train, and as the lights flickered on and off, she also wanted to be wise. Yeah, yeah, she does a great job of describing the different kingdoms, the forests. She spoke of the author, even, even the food. <laughs> the woman tilted her head to the side, looking at the book and considering her prey carefully. This would be an easy target, she knew, though she didn't want to give her game away too quickly. She flashed her eyes back at the exhausted woman, so tired already by life, so lost in life, and so early, it seemed. Do you ever wish you were here instead? She asked, pointing at the book, a grin pulling at her strange lips, stained poisonous purple. The woman thought about lying, but there was no point. She could feel herself being seen through. It was not a pleasant feeling. All the time, she whispered. At that, the strange woman let the smile ripple across her face, making her seem both like the most warm, welcoming soul, but also too joyful. Preternaturally joyful. Frighteningly joyful. And at that moment, the sound of the doors opening, the little musical passage rang out. Why did they sound different than they usually did? As the door slid open to the platform, which one was this again? she had lost track. It opened onto what appeared to be a long, narrow, golden hallway. The floors were white marble, the walls shining and embossed with patterns of flowers, swords, crests, ones that seemed somehow a little familiar, and the sound of a drum came, first distant, then growing closer and closer. The woman in the blue skirts with the strange hair and terrible grin walked to the doors and peeked her head out cupping her hand to her ear. Hear that, she said, and began to tap her foot with the rhythm of the drum. What a strange stop. I wonder what lies beyond the hallway, she said, and as she did, cries of joy and victory could be heard from wherever the end of that hallway was. It reminded our hero of something. Something she'd read. What stop was this? I need to go home, she thought to herself, a little disappointed, since she was indeed intrigued by the beautiful golden color of wherever she was now. The sound of victory, of splendor, of what seemed to be a beautiful, lost kingdom. What stop was this? The woman in the billowing blue skirts waited. It seemed that the doors were staying open far longer than they usually did. But when the girl with the book clearly was not going to leave the train, a flash of something furious passed through the other woman's eyes. The doors chimed again and closed themselves, and the train zoomed on. The woman danced again and hummed a little to herself, though she seemed a little less joyful this time. The way her hands spun round and round seemed very deliberate, very focused, as though she were creating something, drawing something nearer and nearer to her. She began to speak as she did it, You seem so tired, so tired, my love. Your eyes seem so empty, so empty, poor thing. What can fill them again? How can you leave behind what is leaving you with so little? The girl tried to ignore this, but it was no easy feat. All things she'd thought of before but she stayed on her course because she needed to. What else could she do? Where else could she go? She kept pretending to read her book. What would the heroes in your book do, I wonder? The other woman whispered to herself, and her hands kept weaving shapes and her feet kept tapping to the beat, though she was hunched over now concentrating her efforts much more intensely. Her hair had begun to fall from its rat's nest atop her head and fell in strings here and there about her face. There was something on top of her head, there, hidden in all that hair, but she couldn't quite make it out yet. Her skirt swayed to and fro faster and faster, despite that again... There was no wind here. Do you think they would just sleep and work and eat and sleep and work and eat without ever doing one heroic thing? Without ever making something of their lives? Just watching everything pass them by forever and ever until they are old and gray and dead and gone? I wonder... The girl began to shake. Yes, it was true. She did feel that, and perhaps that is why she was so given to fiction so frequently. But what was fiction doing for her anyway? Was it bringing her any closer to a life that didn't exhaust her? Was it helping her make enough money to climb her way out of this? Did it serve any purpose other than distraction? Did she actually detest that book in her hand. The other woman grinned even more widely somehow, as she could practically hear the girl's screaming thoughts. At that, the strange chime rang again, and the doors opened. This time, there were people waiting. At this hour, this very late hour of the night, Dozens of them, maybe hundreds. Some standing and laughing with one another. Some reclining across lovely purple velvet settees, Some dancing, twirling with one another. Most with a glass in their hand. Some taking a sinfully delicious-looking cake or pastry or fruit from a tray another offered. All in shining, splendid clothes all with the most delicate, ornate sandals, some with glorious armor, others with bejeweled crowns or medallions. Our reader on the train was entranced by the sight of some of the swords, the bows, the staves they had at their side or slung over their backs. There was something so beautifully familiar about each of them, too. The color of their hair, their eyes. She couldn't help but lean over in her seat and stare at the gathering. They seemed to be in some kind of great banquet hall, and she couldn't be sure, but the walls looked to be made of some kind of crystal. The woman in the skirts, hair disheveled and smile grotesque, stomped a foot and cleared her throat at the same time. The entire room of revelers fell silent, Instantly, and looked over at her. They saw the girl with the book. They all erupted into great cheer. They came closer to the doors of the train. Some extended a hand, beckoning for hers. Some bowed deeply. Some wept and begged for her company. All of them, every single one of them, wanted her to join them. Overwhelmed and terrified and delighted and shocked and disbelieving all at once, the girl did not move. I need to go home, the voice inside of her told herself. And though she had sometimes hated that voice in the past, and though she was not quite used to listening to it and following it, tonight... It kept her glued to the seat on this train. And she noticed that none of the revelers were actually able to cross the threshold into the train. They seemed to be blocked by something. And this made them angry. Sobs and pleas gave way to roars and screams as the doors closed themselves and the woman with the blue skirts was not dancing or laughing any anymore. Her smile had twisted itself into a stern, straight line. All her hair had fallen around her now like a cloak, revealing two twisting horns made of bone coming out from the top of her head. The place where they exited the skin of her skull was bloody and scabbed, and so the top of her hair was red the place where her hair trailed the ground. It was black, for she had walked back and forth, back and forth on the subway train for who knows how long. She leapt up onto the seats adjacent to where the girl sat, crouching like a bird of prey, her bare feet clutching the edge as though her toes were actually talons, which it seemed they were. So long and curled were her black toenails, on her three large, black toes on each foot. She leaned towards the girl, her face only inches away. The whites of her eyes were a sick pink now. So were her irises. Her eyes were empty and bloodshot. You're so tired. You're so tired of being stuck here, my dear, aren't you? I can see it. You hate it here. You hate yourself here. Stuck. Stuck. Lost. Forever. Why do you not get off the train? She said, clearly trying to sound more gentle and caring than she actually was. The young girl looked deeply into the creature's bloodshot yet colorless eyes. She observed the painful bony horns, her stained hair. And she saw now that her skirts were billowing because they hid a tail beneath them, lizard-like, with black scales. And it moved back and forth, back and forth, impatient and frustrated and apparently not under her control. I think... Yes? I think... Yes? I think you're the one who's tired. I think you're the one who can't get out of here. The creature's eyes widened in rage and horror. Her hands trembled as she raised them up, perhaps about to strike. But the doors opened onto her very last try it was a clearing in a wood beautiful and calm and pristine nothing golden no decadent company only peace and quiet rabbits leapt across soft green grass the sun was rising in the distance casting a gentle pink glow and in the clearing there was a small cottage made of wood with flowers hanging by the door, green curtains inside against the windows, a garden full of good food, happy chickens roaming freely to give eggs whenever they pleased, deer stopped by to graze. Peace. Comfort, abundance, everything she wanted. This was the most painful stop she'd come across yet. It's yours, poor girl, sweet girl, tired girl, if you want it. But you must choose to go. You must get off here. You must leave behind everything else. The girl with the book stood up and walked to the doors. She looked out at the cottage, and the forest, and the sunrise. Tears filled her eyes. I could rest. I could stay here forever. She thought of her friends who'd invited her for drinks that night. Yes, they'd ribbed her, but they had also embraced her so warmly. So glad she'd chosen to spend energy on them that night. She thought of her work. Yes, she was exhausted by it, and she found it difficult to be around children so frequently. Adults, everyone. But she couldn't help but feel reward when something she did made someone else smile. She thought of her home. Yes, it was small and solitary, and she didn't have much. But when she came home from her day, it welcomed her kindly and gently, and it embraced her as she fell into it, happy to have books, food, and warm blankets. Her life was not empty. Her life was not exhausting. Her life was not worthless. Just because she could imagine something different but that cottage. Go, go, stupid girl, go. The creature behind her raged, and she felt hands clasping her shoulders, claws digging into her flesh, a scaled tail wrapping around her waist, and she feared that she would be pushed forward and lost forever in an illusion world lost forever to those she knew and the world she belonged in. When her eyes opened, and she was still on the train, and another woman was shaking her awake. Hey, are you alright? You don't want to miss your stop. It was a woman with a book, just like her. I'm sorry, Uh, I think I fell asleep. Our hero muttered, rubbing her eyes, her head aching. Long day, huh? The girl just nodded. The other woman smiled and moved to leave. This is my stop. The girl with the book looked up and saw the name of her station and stood. Mine too. Great, we'll walk together, the woman said waiting for her new friend to rise and leave with her. You have to be careful on these trains, alone at night. You never know who's watching and waiting for someone like you or me to let their guard down. You don't want to miss your stop and end up somewhere else, either. The girl nodded and smiled. She glimpsed at the other woman's book. Hey, is that good? I'm almost done this one. Oh, it's fantastic. It's fantastic. They left, chatting happily about fiction and the little distractions that help them keep going in a difficult but worthwhile world. Meanwhile, from behind the reflections in the glass of the train's windows, a hideous and miserable spirit with bloodshot eyes and bleeding horns and a reptilian tail shrieked and tried to pound against the glass but she wasn't from this world she was from somewhere else she had escaped to this place once thousands of years ago and she was trapped here now forever Looking to trade her soul for another. The girl, by the way, called in sick the next day so that she could rest and maybe finish her book. And surprise, surprise, the world kept turning without her. And by the time she was ready to return to it, it was much more beautiful and exciting than it had been when she was exhausted. Maybe that is the point that I would like you, if you are indeed the Knight of Cups reversed, to understand. That it is hard to see the magic in this world when we're feeling beaten down. That is not the world's fault, nor is it yours. But it is your responsibility to make the world into something closer to what you dream of because there might be someone else who's feeling lost and exhausted, too. I hope this helps. It helps me greatly. Of course I say that from my strange little world here, but it's alright to visit. Just don't get stuck here. It will be here for you whenever you need it. Good night, my friends. Rest well. Hello everyone, and thank you for tuning in for another episode of On a Dark Cold Night. This is Kristen Zaza, she who writes, performs, composes, edits, etc. How are you? Did you have an enjoyable Halloween? How is November treating you so far? Kindly, I hope. I'm going to start my housekeeping this week by trying something a little different. As things are rapidly changing for me month to month, and as I try very hard to keep up with the show and the demands of everyday life, I wanted to put out there into the world that I'm looking for opportunities to work more, to take what I do here and turn it into a more sustainable way of life. I'm brainstorming ideas over here about that, um, about new things I can do, etc. But hey, if you're looking for a spooky writer or a soothing voice or an alternative composer, uh, you know where to find me. Shout at me on social media on Twitter at A Dark Cold Night, Instagram at Dark Cold Night Podcast, or my Facebook and YouTube pages just called On A Dark Cold Night. I'm also on TikTok at Kristen Zaza, K R I S T E N Z A Z A. All one word. Sending my heartfelt thanks, as always, to my amazing patrons. Thank you so, so much for supporting what I do every month. It is so valuable to me on so many levels that, again, you want to help sustain what I do here. Thank you. Every patron of $1 US or more through patreon.com receives access to my complete soundtrack of the show, While patrons of $5 US or more receive that, as well as access to a monthly tarot reading video I record just for that tier, head on over to patreon.com slash darkcoldnight to learn more. If you'd rather donate one time only without either perk, you can do so at ko-fi.com slash darkcoldnight. And I also have t-shirts and hoodies available for purchase at bonfire.com slash on-a-dark-cold-night. And I would also like to thank iTunes listener K Bart for updating their five-star review this week. You're so kind. Thank you so much, K Bart. If you'd like to support the show in a similar way, that is free and ever so helpful. Please feel free to leave me a review on iTunes or anywhere else you like to review podcasts. Thank you so much, as always, for joining me, my friends. Both in fantasy and in reality. Whichever is which, who knows but in both places. Stay well and take care of yourselves. Good night.